Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode of the Four Center podcast feed is the Clone Wars Report. Uh, that was really good. I like that they are getting uh, sometimes really clear, sometimes harder for me to interpret. What I heard there was like a Coruscant air car zipping by and then some drums. That worked. Yes, it's it's the galactic version of uh, Inside Edition. 
day. <laughs> well, that kind of uh, makes sense for the affair. beginning, uh, the beginning yeah. newsreel of Clone Wars, right? It really does. Dun, dun, dun. News on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I am Joseph Scrimshaw, and the per- person making the um, mouth music magic is Ken Napsock. That is me. That's a great description. I'm putting on all business cards. <laughs> I love the idea of putting a description on a business card right now when I think business cards are probably not super in vogue in general. And then I think probably the last thing people want when a pandemic is over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have two boxes, about 500 business cards from about five years ago. And I'm like, ah, we'll never do we're never doing that again. Oh, yeah. No, I've got some. I've definitely got lots of business cards for the the, uh, the paths half taken, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, at least one I instigated and at least two I did not instigate where somebody else said, I think you need business cards for this. And I was like, I'm not sure if I do, but please, All let's right. murder some trees. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Anyway, enough about business cards. We're going to get into Clone Wars. Uh, We are in Season Mm 3. This particular episode we're discussing is Season 3, Episode 7, Assassin, written by Katie Lucas, directed by Kyle Dunleavy. Very excited to discuss this episode, as I mentioned on the last episode of Clone Wars Report. This episode is the one that I watched, uh, I think, before Season 7, just to watch some fun Ahsoka episodes. And I thought, man, I really want to do a whole podcast where we discuss every episode because I want to discuss this episode with Ken. So I'm very excited to get here. That's big. That's awesome. Um, That's great. Yeah, not to not to build it up too much. Uh, You know, everything is subjective. But for me, this episode's really big, really important, really joyful. I just love this episode. Uh, So let's dive in. Are you ready for the summary, Ken? Let's do it. Here is the summary of the episode Assassin. Visions. While her Jedi Master Anakin Skywalker is away on a mission, Jedi Padawan Ahsoka Tano is plagued by visions. She seeks counsel from Yoda and learns to meditate more. As the visions become clearer, Ahsoka comes to believe the dreaded bounty hunter Aura Singh still lives and means to kill someone close to Ahsoka, Senator Padme Amidala. The senator takes Ahsoka's concerns seriously and allows Ahsoka to accompany her for an important conference on Alderaan. Though Ahsoka finds herself clouded by doubt, Padme encourages the young Jedi to push past that fear and have faith in herself. Ahsoka's visions prove prophetic when she narrowly prevents Aura Singh from assassinating Padme with a blaster bolt. Despite being wounded, Padme insists on giving her full speech. Trusting her instincts that the danger has not passed, Ahsoka and Padme create a ruse. A BD-3000 droid in a Naboo cloak attends the conference while Padme gives a powerful speech from her chambers. But Aura Singh is not fooled. She attacks. Ahsoka is wounded, defending Padme, but the senator is no stranger to danger and takes Aura out with a stun bolt from her blaster. Returning to Coruscant, Ahsoka reaches into her feelings to find the truth of who hired Aura Singh. Her descriptions of the color purple laughing bizarrely speak volumes to Padme, and the culprit is revealed, Zero the Hut, who will now serve an even longer prison sentence. Or will he? Dun, dun, dun. And that's my summary. <laughs> uh, I, I try to keep them short, but I fail. I fail, Ken. Yeah, no, no, I, I know it's got because this is a, this is like a, a creative uh, work those type of creative people where you hit on something, you like it, you have fun doing it. Yeah, that's a short little thing. And then it becomes just four pages later, <laughs> four yes. pages later. <laughs> uh, I will uh, I will endeavor to keep uh, the next one 
just a little shorter. But I'm going to include the phrase, no stranger to danger, no matter what. I'm just going to always introduce Padme that way. Anyway, let's get into the episode. Ken, what was your overall reaction? Did you love it, like it, struggle with it? Yeah, no, this is a great little sleeper episode, and I call it that because I, I love hearing, I do kind of remember you talking about this when we were going into season seven, we were looking back on some of the characters. But, and, and, and just those, the tidal wave of just wonderful Clone Wars episodes. Uh, this is one that for me just, yeah, I just sometimes don't have a memory of, um, down to the little details. Uh, the, the, you know, uh, we're going to talk a little bit later about uh, Alderaan, like, or excuse me, Al- no, Alderaan, not Alderaan, uh, um, uh, yeah, Alderaan, what am I saying? Um, <laughs> uh, you, you know, that I was like, oh, I forgot we spent any time there. Like, I always yeah. thought Revenge of the Sith was it. <laughs> and I overlooked this episode, and it's a shame. Um, great reaction, watching this, and, uh, and you know, I always do the first pass. I was like, man, this this episode's taking on some real big Lucas themes, and then smashed the credits at the end, written by Katie Lucas. I was like, well, that makes some sense. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So so you is this an episode that you obviously you you were saying you don't uh always it doesn't come to mind right away. Uh yeah. do you remember enjoying it on other viewings? Um I I oh, oh yeah, it, it's not like it's one of those like I don't like it or something. Meber gas guy, but a grumble grumble. It's just <laughs> yeah, I just uh probably maybe even missed it during the initial run. I definitely have done an entire episode rewatch. Uh I think even prior to Force Center I did that. Uh so I definitely have watched it. Uh, and remember, uh, like the Aura Singh stuff. Um, I look. I we're gonna talk about Padme's just a boss, and I love when Padme gets to spend time with Ahsoka. I think they're all episodes. It just, it just for whatever reason, um, the little little finite details just out of my mind. So it was a lot of fun to be like, this is like I said, a little sleeper episode for me of just don't overlook this one. This is big and got some great stuff. Yeah, I, I think I kind of had a similar journey with it where my first uh, watch through. Uh, this was the part where I was like, I know, I know Maul's coming soon. And I'm, I'm just, you know, uh, I think I had a couple of days where I was like, screw it. Um, I'm not, I'm just watching like eight episodes of Clone Wars until, <laughs> until Maul shows up. And I'm sure that I enjoyed it. There's a ton to enjoy. But then once we had, you know, been spending so much time on Force Center, really diving into Star Wars and the different ideas and how they connect and where they pop up. I rewatched this one. I was like, wow, it is powerful on many levels. Uh, from just its own story to all of the different canon connections. So uh, a couple of specific things that I really love about it is, you know, there are a ton of episodes in, in the Clone Wars up to this point about Ahsoka's kind of youthful mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I love that this is an episode that really frames Ahsoka as she's getting more powerful. And this is really an episode about her burgeoning success and what kind of fears come with being successful. You know, this isn't an episode about I, I lost my lightsaber and I'm impatient. This is, I have power. Now, uh, what if it is not enough? And what if I don't trust it? And all these kind of things. So it's it's really an episode about Ahsoka still growing and learning, but about her being successful. Um, mm. It's also just such a, a powerful episode for adding uh, women's perspective to Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. It's an Ahsoka and Padme team up uh, that is written by Katie Lucas, what is going on in the episode is is celebrating the success of Padme, I would argue, as a maternal figure and really making, again, that argument for the need of a parental figure. But particularly in this one, since it's Padme, it's a it's a maternal figure. And then also on top of that, we have Ora Singh, a woman, as the primary antagonist. So mm-hmm. that's always great to see. And then I, the big thing for me is all that is great. Uh and then 
to kind of put the multiple cherries on top of yeah. this great uh, episode Sunday, the Alderon visit uh, and just the mm-hmm. aesthetic of that uh, and the connection to uh, Leia via Padme being on Alderon. Um, Padme's mm-hmm. reflection on the Battle of Naboo. But the biggest thing for me, Ken, is how huge it is that this is an episode where Ahsoka has a force vision of Padme's death and mm. handles it. Yeah. And so you you absolutely can look at this episode as being about Ahsoka, being about uh Padme. Uh, but you can also just take this episode and just study it as a comparison to how mm. Anakin handled these visions, and even to a lesser extent, how Luke handled similar visions uh on Dagobah and Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a in a in a pretty major way. Which and I agree, you, you, no, no focus taken off Ahsoka and Padme when you, when you analyze it from that point. It's just part of a part of a little bit of a of a, a, you know Ahsoka in a very positive light of just uh, the the lessons and the way to learn and the way to, to to act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to dig into all that. Let's start, Ken, with the the moral of the episode. Uh, the moral is the future has many paths. Choose wisely. What did you make of this, and uh, did it take you into any sort of path towards uh, discussing baseball in any way? Uh, uh, yeah, you know what? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 maybe I've told the story before. I yeah, as a little league coach, uh, one of my players he took a called strike two, and 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 he was really upset at the umpire because the pitch was a little a uh, little uh, uh, too high, and I would have agreed with that. And my, my kid got my player got really mad, and then he got back in the box, and then he swung and missed strike three and he came back to the dugout and he said that uh that umpire blew that call on strike two i said yes but you had the power for strike three and you chose to focus on strike two and not be in the present of that next pitch so you choose how you react uh to everything and i yeah so there you go uh, and were you and, just were you just doing full-on yoda cosplay when you were doing this were you up. dressed as yoda I should have. I should have. It was, uh, this was in 1998. So the prequels weren't even out yet. So it would have been classic Yoda. Um, <laughs> but there it is. Yeah, no. And so because of that, I think uh, this, uh, this episode is that. And uh, and it's so plain and simple. And it got me excited. A lot of expla- exclamation marks and points in my uh, notes here. I just wrote destiny, multiple paths, choice, Capitals, all caps, how you react to what's presented to you will be what drives you forward while forming you. So, yeah, I love this moral. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those morals that, you know, if you just saw it on, you know, like a, a graduation card, mm-hmm. <laughs> you'd be mm-hmm. like, yes, that is uh, that is standard wisdom. That is true. Uh, but the moral takes on so much more power within the context of the specific uh, storytelling and, and world building and philosophy building of mm-hmm. Star Wars. Uh, and to me, it is very much about this idea that we all feel that anxiety of we think toward the future and we're afraid of specific things that happen. We're afraid of specific things that won't happen. Um, and we can we can get into a headspace of sort of a, a predetermining. I'm not going to try that because I'm going to fail or uh, I'm not going to go to that place because uh, go to this party because this is going to this bad thing is going to happen. Uh, so. I like that it is a nice, straightforward, true thing. The future has many paths. Choose wisely. It, it is a, a reminder that whatever else Star Wars does have to say about destiny, it has just as much to say about you are holding the reins of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are making choices. Um, if yeah. you if you have a vision of the future, 
it might be correct. That might be one of the things that's going to happen, but you are in the present uh, and you are still making choices about uh, swinging at that uh, third, <laughs> that third pitch, third, right? Yeah, third pitch, third pitch coming in. Yeah, yeah. Third pitch coming in. I think that would have been a fine moral for this episode. A little bit harder to unpack without your story. Uh, yeah. But yeah, th- I like the, that this moral is really, really very clearly uh, teeing up the big Star Wars themes of this episode and Ahsoka's active choices. Yeah, it, it, this is, a, yeah, I don't say a, a textbook kind of explanation on maybe how to handle some of the stuff. We're going to get into the details of that, but it's, it's just uh, when you put it up, you can't help but put it up against Anakin and just be like, well, someone did something right, so did something wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and getting into the sort of the hows and the whys of that, I think, is uh, yeah. is really yeah. great. So let's uh, let's do that. Let's get into the big themes, the big ideas for you. What was uh, the big idea at stake, or what were some of the big ideas at stake? Um, I, I, I the big theme ties into um, I went to the faith comes up a lot for me. So there's this big theme. Maybe it's uh, a, a faith thing and by that and i'm not talking just on a spiritual nature just but the faith in itself because this, this is a big episode that's about growth too right um mm-hmm. so i put just you know things like fear of the uh, a future is a is a problem this we know attachment to someone in this case padme with with ahsoka or again padme with anakin is a problem if it is fueled by your own desires um but i also looked at the idea of 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 all this commander shot uh under um kind of undercut i should say by panic uh, the desire to do right, to protect your, someone from you, you care about. You you can uh, be blocked by by this fog created by what I call fear-induced panic, which goes into this big idea of uh, be mindful, be present, uh, which helps, uh, you know, along the way, uh, just give you a, a good way to look at these issues and choose the right path. It's confusing, and, and it's never, not always cut and dry, right? I mean, we've talked about it in Star Wars. We've talked about that in real life. Right or left, straight ahead, forks in the road. Sometimes they all look the same. Or they all this subtle changes, and and I think a lot of that. Uh, what's at stake is is uh, uh, what's at stake is the choices, and and you get there through faith in yourself, which comes from experiences, uh, and more specifically, your ability to handle tough situations, make the right choices, and find the right path forward for everyone. Uh, that can be all uh, at stake if if you let uh, a, a panic induced fear or fear induced panic, I should say erode faith in yourself uh, is where I start with this episode. Then we can get to some other stuff with Yoda. Uh, he has some great talks, uh, great points to make. Uh, and um, uh, I love the idea of uh, Padme. There's also uh, posit- a positive uh, look for it. Like she says the line in your vision, does she succeed? No. Well, then we have a fighting chance, which means we can still choose to try to make this work. A lot of that kind of stuff. And it's all at stake if it gets eroded with fear. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think that is uh, exactly, to me, the heart of this episode. Uh, You kind of uh, put it under this umbrella of positivity by starting with faith. (laughs) I kind of put it under the umbrella of fear. Uh, But I think it is exactly what you're saying. I think this is an episode that's about fear versus faith uh, in yourself. Yeah, 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 exactly. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm just paraphrasing uh, what you already said. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I really gravitated to to processing it as fear because the, the literal word fear gets used a lot. I yeah. think, uh, you know, in in the 
the actual prequel films, you know, we we learn that fear is the the path to the dark side, and uh, and and Yoda gives us uh, the the quick uh, PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Uh, but then we get to really see it play out with Anakin. But I think one of the things that I like about this episode's take on fear is it feels like it's coming from the point of view of fear is natural. It's okay that it happens. It's yeah. how you respond to it uh, mm. that makes a difference. Because um, we really start with, you know, I think what's at stake for Ahsoka in the actual plot is exactly what you're saying. Uh, she is at risk of giving into her fear. Yeah. And ultimately, it's really Padme who helps her say, it is okay to be frightened just just let that basically pass through you acknowledge that it's there and then trust yourself because you know you are a good and strong jedi these visions are coming from somewhere trust yourself don't overreact to the fear uh for me that was a big picture thing um mm-hmm. in the way it was framed i, I really like that uh you know uh, ahsoka has these visions just like anakin and it is a the fear can be coming from so many places right because she the episode sets it up uh, so well that um, she is being complimented by the Jedi Order that her last several missions were a success and that she's really growing. So you can have that fear that comes right. when you're when things are going well. Yeah. And then that gremlin pops up on your shoulder going like, yeah, but it's all going to fall apart. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's really set up well from that. And then and then just like Anakin, she has that that fear of losing Padme of something happening to a person that she cares about. And then it's happening uh, is being caused by Aura Singh, who is a person that Ahsoka kind of stopped, but yeah. failed to completely uh, catch and eliminate the threat. And, you know, through the whole Boba Fett plot, Aura Singh is a character who has menaced in part other people that Ahsoka deeply cares about. She is took a part in, in um, trapping uh, Anakin, you know, mm-hmm. with that explosion when uh, Boba Fett was trying to kill Mace, uh, she was, you know, shooting at Plo Koon. It's understandable that Ahsoka would kind of be afraid of this person too. And, you know, if you yeah. jumble that all together of like Ahsoka is like, I'm being complimented. I'm being told I can handle things on my own. Anakin isn't here. I'm trying to believe the input from my my mentors that I am good enough. I am strong enough. But what if this woman that I'm afraid of that I failed to stop kills somebody and I can't I kill someone I love and I can't stop it. It's like it's such mm-hmm. a great uh, coming together of all these things that believably give this character of Ahsoka great fear. Yeah, I love what you, I love what you're saying here, uh, you know, because when you really start to thread that needle of, of fear and everything and, and comparing it to Anakin, we're, we're probably gonna do it a few times this episode. I mean, the visions are even designed to look like his Revenge of the Sith visions. Um, how, how much of it is a little bit of it, because you're talking about how they're praising her and everything, and we all have that imposter syndrome. We all don't know, like you said, the gremlin on your shoulder. Um, and the fact that, you know, I think a lot of it is fear and her ability. You know, she has the fear that she just can't do the job. She can't save Padme. Anakin's is a little bit more like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want, Ahsoka doesn't want Padme to die, but yeah, Anakin's come, comes from this very selfish love um desire crisis of faith lost my mom not doing that again and and it's almost bigger where I, where Ahsoka says it's almost this narrow focus like am i a good jedi can i do this well i'm getting praised like you said or Singh comes back i guess i'm not good i guess i'm not as good as i thought 
can I stop? And, and it's very real world. It really dives into uh, taking strike two and you're at bat. Uh, uh, can you uh, believe in yourself to, to stay in the box? I wrote down the, I almost as I said, Padme admits to fear in those moments. Great conversation. And we'll get into, um, but didn't give into it. She learned to trust herself. And, and, and that's not easy. That's easier said than done. I think Padme realizes that, but it starts from acknowledging. And I think, and acknowledging that fear is okay. Fear is real. It just don't let it drive you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the kind of the, way that that ahsoka makes it past this uh fear is definitely that help from padme uh but also i like it that it set up that you know yoda tells her to take it seriously basically and and meditate more and she even has that she's in the library and is like literally says i should be fighting you know right and it's that's very this instinct to be like there's a problem i'm gonna run straight at it and i'm gonna cut it down uh yeah. And she pushes past that, and you we see her do what what we don't see Anakin do in in the films is truly meditate and try to understand it better and see more of it, you know. And I love how the vision evolves from at first it's really ambiguous. It's just you know Aura saying in this you know twisted gnarled forest yeah. of fear, right? And then as uh, Ahsoka meditates, she actually does get to see more and more elements of it. And then you combine that with that great speech uh, from Padme where where Padme says, you know, hey, I was uh, I was afraid when I was a queen. I had all this responsibility on my shoulder and that's fine. Fear is fine. Yeah, but I needed to learn to trust myself. And she's been such a great parental figure for Ahsoka there mm. relating and saying exactly what she needs, you know, telling telling Ahsoka exactly what she needs to hear and great advice. Yeah, I, yeah, I put down the note too. Just you know, Padme believes in Ahsoka, trusts her when she doesn't trust herself. There's a couple great points of paraphrasing, but Padme just saying like, "Yeah, no, no, you can come with us." I, I, yeah, that's good. We could use the extra security. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, and, and that goes a long way. Talk about the motherhood, the mentorship, and 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 that's a big part of Star Wars as well. So good stuff from Padme. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I for me, I sometimes think of when I trying to understand Force stuff and and relate to characters. I think mm. of uh, sometimes like performance stuff because it, it's not using the force, but it can be that like you can kind of write down what you're going to do. You can kind of plan, but you have to trust yourself and your instincts. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, imagining a moment where, hey, the last couple of shows you did, you you killed, you did great. But then if you get that little bit of fear of, oh, I'm going to mess up, I'm going to fall. Mm. You're always at, at risk of, of screwing up then when you're not trusting yourself or not just letting it flow. Yeah. And the idea of a figure like Padme coming in and going, you know, hey, everybody's almost everybody is scared for a second before they walk on stage. Mm-hmm. No, th- don't be scared. You know how to do this. Just trust yourself. Like, yeah. you know, as a performer, Ken, like the power of somebody saying that to you, right? Somebody that you trust and look up to. Oh, uh, 100 percent. And, and uh, you know, stand up comedy for me has been this thing off and on that I've succeeded at and failed at and perhaps failed at more. Right. It's it's a hard medium to, to 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 master for sure it's a reason you know you comics do it every night and this that and and there's been a lot of times where the moment i've stepped on stage i don't I, it, it's a fear and the fear takes over and the fear the fear can be fun the fear can drive you can give you adrenaline rush i i am on i'm taking strike three every time i get on stage sometimes. <laughs> and a, a good mentor for me lately has been mark ellis who just you know it's he believes in me when i i i don't or didn't and, and i'm getting gotten a little better but yeah every time and, and I, you know this yoda line choose you must how to respond to your visions remember always in motion the future is many possible features there are ties to the big moral but it's at the real world every time i'm in a green room getting ready to go back up um 
I have visions of all the bad things. <laughs> and I've got to, you know, work myself away from that. And, and uh, yeah, so it's all there. Star Wars and comedy go hand in hand. Yeah, no, and I'm sure people listening, uh, you know, have a million examples from their own lives of that that thing that makes them feel like I'm yep. being a Jedi now. I know how to do a thing, uh, but I know what it is to to let fear cut me off from just following my instincts. And I think it's just it's yep. just such a great episode where you can get into the esoteric uh, Star Wars uh, lore and the Force and all that, but it is just so relatable to uh, yep. the, that battle of fear versus faith. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, so a couple other ideas for me under this uh, umbrella of, uh, of fear versus faith, I love that Padme doesn't just give advice, uh, that she mm-hmm. demonstrates it. And Ahsoka gets to see this, uh, parental mentor figure following through on her own advice that she refuses to give into fear Padme personally for herself. You know, yeah. uh, that scene where they are on little balcony and Ahsoka's really struggling and saying, we may, you shouldn't be on this balcony even. And Padme's basically kind of paraphrasing. You know, Padme's like, do you, do you sense any problem? Like, no. <laughs> but but I'm just, it, you shouldn't be out here. It's scary. Uh, and Padme has that great line of, Ahsoka, I can't stop living my life. You know? Oh, yeah. That's and this, cr- this goes throughout the episode again and again where she is saying, like, mm-hmm. no, I people want to kill me. I can't control that. What I can control is what I do. I take I take precautions, but I'm not going to let that fear stop me from doing from living my life and doing what I think is right. A hundred percent. I wrote down the note that Padme represents facing the, these tough situations and potentially tough situations with strength, focus, determination, and the ability to live her life without fear, though not without caution and not without necessary action. And, and you talked about just how important it is. Padme's not just going, hey, here's how you swing at strike three or the next pitch. Uh, let me show you how to do it. Now, by the way, if I got in the batter's box, I'd probably swing in this too. The reason I was a coaching, uh, coaching, not playing as much. Um, <laughs> but in terms of Padme, I think it's very important that all through this episode, uh, Katie Lucas weaves in Padme putting putting her, you know, putting her uh, where the money is. Padme is too. Yeah. Phrase just jumped out of my mind. Your money <laughs> putting where, her money where her mouth is? Yeah. It's like, why am I not? Why can't I think of that phrase? <laughs> uh, it's also a great Oasis song later in their career. Um, yeah. So all through the episode, it's very poignant. Everything Padme is talking about, she does in this episode. Yeah, yeah. And then I think it, it even takes this larger step, uh, you know, Padme's uh, great speech, um, which uh, I want to talk about the nuts and bolts of all the different things she touches on when we get to our, uh, you know, major canon connections. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but just the fact that the speech begins in a totally unambiguous way where she says fear. <laughs> yeah, 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 It's the greatest weapon wielded against those who would stand up for truth and justice. And there's yeah. a ton in her speech, like I said, those details. But what I really liked about mm-hmm. it and I feel like how, how it applies uh, to larger Star Wars is the speech is to me this reminder of what I think is a truth of the story of the prequels that we know that Anakin as an individual fell to the dark side because he gave in to his fear of the bad thing happening. Um, but so did the whole galaxy. That's what the Clone Wars are, right? Yeah. Palpatine successfully makes the Republic fear the separatists, fear the others. He transfers that fear to the Jedi and he gets Everybody in the Republic feeling like there are always these fearful, uh, scary others who in the near future will hurt you unless you give me all this power. Unless we, you know, really show a fist to the galaxy. That's the only way we'll be safe. So the same way that that Palpatine manipulates Anakin to fall, 
happens to the whole republic. The story of falling from fear isn't just Anakin's, it's galactic. Well, look, you know, coming out of Phantom Menace, what's one of the things that, that just is it's repeated on and uh, so often? It, you know, fear leads to anger, leads to hate, leads to suffering. We all make fun or have fun referencing Yoda's little line there. And that's literally the thesis, I think, of the whole, whole series, right? Fear. <laughs> yes. Fear leads to all these things, which slides down to this. And and on the other side, you got you got uh, Palpatine uh, open up his robe in an alley going, you like fear? I got fear for sale. <laughs> You want some fear? I got fear for you. Fear and some knockoff watches in Palpatine's dark robes. I love that image. It's it's just it's just so I beautifully simple sometimes, and and I I, I even love when we have those uh, moments of just uh, clarity, even for for me, where I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, this was what was always there. <laughs> Too bad we all missed it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love that you agree with me, but more than that, I love this picture you've now created in my mind of. <laughs> Palpatine opened up those robes and those watches hanging there and you want this, don't you? Yes, I can get you fear. <laughs> um, another big idea for me is, you know, it's all interwoven with what we've been talking about, but I really like that for Ahsoka, the crux uh, uh, of the conflict isn't just, I saw these visions, can I stop them? It's really this question of, is Ahsoka a good Jedi? You know, since the movie, she has been touchy when people are like, this young kid, oh, that's not a Jedi. Or, you know, she always it's in a lightsaber loss, too, where she always pushes back on the like, no, I'm I'm good enough. Uh, straight up tells Anakin in the movie that she's afraid that people will think she's not good enough, that she's too young. Um, so I love that this episode is framed by the narrator at the beginning, just telling us. You know, if we choose to believe the narrator as a reliable narrator, that she is growing in the force. Uh, the Jedi Council, which we don't really see, hand out lots of compliments, mm -mm. specifically compliment her on her courage and strength. You know, so we really set up, uh, you know, it, it, this episode would be fun if if it was another episode where Ahsoka made a bad mistake at the beginning and she was trying to prove herself. But I love that it starts with that more complex, like to go back to our comedy analogy of like, you have killed the last five nights in a row. Every set has been better. And it's that fear not of can I do it? It's the fear of now that things are going well, am I going to trip when everybody is, you know, yeah. complimenting me? Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, I think just that the the episode goes through those fears. And I love that moment where she says, um, my visions are telling me one thing, but reality is telling me another. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, she's in the middle. She is really questioning whether she can trust herself. And, you know, Padme really says like, yeah, no, the reason you should trust yourself yeah, is because you are a good Jedi. These visions are coming somewhere. Don't react in fear, uh, but do take them seriously and do try to understand them. And that's, I think, how she succeeds. To me, I think that that critical kind of crucial moment where she succeeds is they've come up with this plot where Padme can uh, deliver the speech uh, from her chambers with the, the fake robot in the Naboo cloak or the real robot in a Naboo yeah. cloak. And when Ahsoka just senses that Aura didn't Aura Singh didn't fall for it, she's not in the room. She yeah. just trusts herself and she just goes. She doesn't second guess it. She doesn't beat herself up about the plan not working. She just goes. And then even when she gets to the room, you know, it's highlighted again uh, by Aura 
basically challenging Ahsoka's ability and says, time, time to see what you're made of, kid, which is to me like another mission statement of this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Something you said in there made me think about this. I'm going to throw this out here, too, just a general conversation relating even back to Anakin. Uh, we talked about how Padme um, says, hey, I'm going to live, you know, fear rule my life. I, I acknowledge fear is real and it's okay, but also I have also, you know, let's talk to Typho about security measures. Let's do this and 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 let's double check. You just said kind of something about, you know, your instincts and everything, but still, you know, learning and still acknowledging and still I, I went to Anakin. I just flashed to Anakin while you're talking, Joseph, of, of him just going, I, I, I should be a great Jedi. Like, I'm so, ooh, I'm better than this. And not knowing how to dig in and analyze why and just kind of being like, not, not I'm not just saying just entitled and, and cocky about it, but just like, I, I, I'm good. Why am I not being good? <laughs> just how he keeps running into that wall, which is uh, builds his fear that he's not good. He just can't analyze it. He can't stop and think about it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's really a thing about control right uh, it's a deep jedi philosophy thing of you know be mindful be knowledgeable uh, uh and choose what you can do and accept what you can't do and i think that's such a thread with anakin when his his mom dies and we have the the scene in the the garage on the lars homestead and he talks about how easy things were when he could fix things you know yeah. Yeah. and he so he centers himself of it's always i when i could do this and it is also if I could control everything, I would make this great decision that bad things don't happen. And there's there's no amount of accepting that even as powerful as, as I am, as the chosen one, um, I can only choose my actions. And mm -hmm. I think that's another great thing this episode. Ahsoka does succeed, uh, but in both of her big victories, Ahsoka you know, uses her knowledge, trusts her instincts, and does her best. And then Padme completes the journey mm -hmm. and they they succeed together there's mm -hmm. no energy from ahsoka of i yeah. failed because i didn't totally beat or sing she holds her off long enough for padme to pull out the blaster and stun her and they yeah. succeed together and then even at the end when yoda's like well what more do you see about who hired aura ahsoka's like well not enough and she still concentrates and she comes up with a purple bizarre laughter and padme's like great that's the part I needed. So it is such a a, a we thing. You know, mm -hmm. Ahsoka does what is under her power to control. And then Padme and Ahsoka work together to solve it. And it's so the opposite of Anakin. Like, don't want to talk to Obi-Wan about it. I'll yep. just fix it. I'll find the power and I'll fix it. I'll control it. I think you're touching on some really powerful stuff there, buddy. I, I think other than we also know why maybe Anakin and Padme's marriage wasn't as good as maybe we wanted it to be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's so true. That is just, and, and I don't even think it's necessarily a simple concept of arrogance with Anakin. It's just that frustration and, and not being able to slow down and see. And you're so right to, down to the, even the comedy beats with zero at the end, but it's great stuff for Padme. being like, ah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We, man, that's, that's a, there you go. That's a good baseball coach thing. There. <laughs> yeah. You um, do your part. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to strike out every, every player by yourself. Yeah. You just have to do your part. And that's, that's the team thing, right? Because Anakin wants to win. I think through most of that, he wants to, the, all the good things to happen. And, you know, we always agree. He's a, he started out as a pretty good hearted kid and just slid, slid down the scale, which, which I think George was saying, he kept making choices uh, that, that pushed him farther and farther away from where he needed to be. And that's just a big one. You're so right to break it down to that. Like, I, I should be better. I should be fixing this. I should do it. And, 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 yeah, we all in life need to sometimes just remove the eye and look around you. 
Yeah, no, it, it it is really tempting. I I uh, I'm somebody who likes to prepare, and and sometimes that can be a good thing, and sometimes it's a Jedi like, yes, well, check everything and make sure you have the knowledge. And other times it's like, okay, well, just because I wrote down every note doesn't mean <laughs> it, it's uh, still a we thing, you know. It, yeah, uh, you, you got to let go of control and and share and succeed together. And, uh, not to just turn it into a whole prequels conversation, but you're also really making me think about how much we do get to see just in the actual prequel films. How much Palpatine stokes that perspective in Anakin by constantly saying, yeah. "Like you are the greatest Jedi ever," and it's a shame they don't trust you and let you just do everything because you are better than everyone. <laughs> I mean, for the beginning. The, the we all it's a you know it's it's some unintentional comedy but just like we should be watching your career closely like right from the beginning he's like oh superstar <laughs> yeah you don't need a team yeah. yeah you want some fear yeah yeah right there. <laughs> it's real but you're right it's it's the it's just it's simple stuff man <laughs> simple stuff and uh it's there you're so right all the it way. is it is and, and for me it's just like the more you look at all these pieces you know they all add up they all connect and everybody is always welcome of course to their subjective opinion but it's this kind of stuff that all just really clicks together and makes oh. emotional sense that has made me say you know i don't care if a couple of lines are flat or that, yeah. that's too cgi this is why i love the prequels uh, yeah uh, you, a different conversation perhaps but yeah 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 individual yeah. scenes and moments can play out a little differently better whatever 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 i just get i get engaged i get excited i uh, people hear my voice sometimes I, we were even joking on the main show this past week it just i love when i go like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and then palatine <laughs> says this it's just fun it's why i keep coming back to this franchise every week yeah, it's rewarding. Uh, yeah, so speaking of coming back to the franchise, we've touched a, a bit on on how Ahsoka's visions compare to Anakin's, but uh, I'd like to dive into that a little bit more if that's cool with you. Let's do that. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it, it's just, this episode, I think, is really inviting that comparison, right? That Ahsoka goes to Yoda in either the same room or a very similar room with the shades, <laughs> casting <laughs> yeah. a very similar shadow, except for lighter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think Yoda does a better job too, right? He, uh -huh. um, instead of just, in, in Revenge of the Sith, he just kind of tells Anakin, like, yeah, no, hey, we've been telling you this, uh, yeah. guy, you, you, you got to let go. Let go. That's just kind of a basic Jedi thing. So you should do that. <laughs> yeah. And this is much more gentle of like, yeah, well, you got to be careful, uh, but you don't meditate, study. And I think that's such a key difference uh, for me in comparing how Ahsoka reacts to her visions compared to Anakin and even Luke in Empire Strikes Back of, you know, if Anakin had pushed, been able to push the fear away mm. and sit and meditate, you know, would he have been able to see more than just Padme dying in childbirth? Would he have been able right. to see uh, why is, you know, why, why am I, now I also see myself twisted and in pain. Now I see, mm. you know, a lava planet. Now I see, you know, uh, Yep. Mace Windu dying, you know, like started to see more of it, more of the truth. If he had been able to push past the fear, push past the control mm -hmm. and and like Ahsoka, like we see Ahsoka do, like literally just go sit down and meditate on it. Yeah. Take a moment. Take a moment. No, you're right. Yoda's got some great, uh, great stuff for her. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I find myself sometimes trying to defend Yoda. Maybe by Revenge of the Sith, he's just he's just frustrated. Yeah, Anakin, we've had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I think he is just really like, he, come on, man. This is like Jedi 101. Come on. Let go. We've talked about that scene a lot. I, I feel like Yoda could have uh, been a, a better mentor in that moment. 
Um, do you have any other thoughts on, on, as you said, like that the visions are constructed to look and sound like Anakin's? I think it's really inviting that uh, comparison. Mm -hmm. Did you have uh, other thoughts on it? On the vision itself, no, no. I, I, again, it's just it's a little bit of a playbook, and it doesn't. It, again, each step is is uh, doesn't necessarily have to be followed. You have to be able to adjust. But um, I, I just uh, this is just some this is a great coaching episode. Not, I mean, not to keep talking about sports and stuff, but it just you know it's it's about mentorship and and there's this uh, connection there. I, I mentioned you know Padme believes in Ahsoka. She trusts her when she doesn't trust herself. But there's actually the specific thing of Yoda uh, gives Ahsoka some advice. She makes a decision after Yoda coaches her, right? And and, and Yoda kind of lets her. You know, you gotta you gotta decide this one. Uh, Padme accepts Ahsoka's decision, and then Ahsoka messes up. Yeah, she messes up and it's embarrassing. And there's a great uh, moment I'll talk later in that scene that I just it's just really, really funny to me. Um, Padme stays with her and 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 helps continue to foster and fuel that, uh, you know, self-belief that Ahsoka needs. And, and just little moments like that, that Anakin could not be open up to because, again, of the control issue that you, you're bringing into the conversation. Here. That's so true. Yeah, no, it is such a big deal that Padme uh, lets Ahsoka fail and trust like I trust that you're on on the right track in the big picture and yeah you you busted into my bedroom <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> again probably like, yeah this happens a lot with me <laughs> <laughs> i'm this is i'm standard behavior padme's used to it uh yeah you said the yoda quote before but i love the the specific quote yeah choose you must how to respond to your visions but remember always in motion is a future and many possible futures there are obviously just a, a direct link uh, to his line to Luke uh, about always in motion is the future. But I think that's such a big part of it too, of it. I think the story in, in star Wars is these, these visions mm. are prophetic in that they are something that could happen. Mm. And with this particular instant instance with Ahsoka, uh, she narrows it down to um, the worst outcome from these visions is preventable. But mm -hmm. some of it kind of does happen um, uh, or it does fire a blaster bolt from the ceiling and she does hit Padme. It's not, you know, she doesn't die because of Ahsoka's intervention. Uh, but the that just really invites you to compare what's going on with both Anakin and Luke in Empire Strikes Back of, you know, what Luke's actions don't ultimately affect the pain that Han and Leia experience it, right. on Cloud City. You know, he, he doesn't end up having an impact on that. In Anakin, I think one of the, the great things of Revenge of the Sith, he, arguably, he makes that vision happen, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I say arguably. It is definitely uh, up for debate. But I think that key thing with Anakin is he sees uh, a future that he fears, and he assumes that it is absolutely going to happen, and he acts on the belief that the worst thing is going to for sure happen, and he must prevent it instead of saying, this is something that could happen and therefore I need to have caution and knowledge instead he's just it's just fear about something that could happen yeah no self-fulfilling prophecy you know not to take it to, uh, down a you know that kind of verbal conversation or manifestations or any other things any any beliefs any of you have out there but Take it to stand-up comedy. If I'm stepping on stage going, man, I'm going to mess up. I dreamed I was going to mess up. I, chances are I might mess up. <laughs> yeah. Over there going, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. Hey, it's bad. Yeah. And it, and it might be fine that you messed up. It might even be more fun. Sometimes it is, yeah. depending on the mess up. Completely. 
Yeah. So yeah, I just love that it invites all, all of those uh, different uh, thoughts. And then the last beat with this that I like, this connection, is I love those beats at the end where uh, Padme and Ahsoka arrive. They've got Ora Singh, both Padme and Ahsoka are wounded. You immediately see that look on Anakin's face that he, the mm-hmm. two of the people he loves the most in the galaxy are yeah. injured. He wasn't there. You can see he wants to freak out. Uh, he says, are you all right? And then Padme says, uh, without uh, Ahsoka's foresight, I fear things would have gone differently. And Yoda says, serve you well. Your visions have young Padawan. Yeah. I got to think that interaction in this whole incident is ringing in Anakin's head, right? Of yeah. This happened to Ahsoka too. She had a vision that Padme would be hurt and, and you know, Anakin wasn't there, yeah. but he, but he's got this drill in his head now that I can, you know, not, not, not just the connections to the visions he was having about his, his mother, but mm-hmm. now this specifically, my Padawan had a vision about saving my wife and she did. I, uh, I have to do yeah. that too. Oh yeah, 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 and yeah, no, and I, I, I loved. I wrote down that moment too of, of Padme saying Ahsoka's foresight, which is outside of what you're saying, is also just a great moment of like, yeah, you know what, this whole thing was a journey, and, and she did good, and, and Ahsoka's just be like, yeah, I did good. What a confidence builder! It's a great little moment from Padme. But to tie into what you're saying, of now Anakin's walking around going, see, 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 get yep. outside of himself. You, you got to react to visions. You got to react. Yeah. Um, Final thing for me on big picture stuff, I always like to to look at the state of the war. And there were a couple of good things uh, in this uh, during that conference. Uh, Bale just straight up said the war is escalating. Uh, mm-hmm. And Padme threw out the stat that more than 100 Jedi have given their lives. Yes. Uh, it's been really fun on this rewatch to kind of keep track of what the show tells us about how the war is going in this episode. Uh, the answer is not good. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Uh, I, I I noted that for a little later beat too, but um, yeah, it's good stuff there. And, uh, and uh, I put that part of that. I put a note of um, Padme and I'd say bail, but you don't spend a ton of time with him, but Padme understands the burden and responsibility of, of choice that comes with leadership or being in important positions. And that's kind of the, the burden that's on her. And that's why the, her words mean so much and they, and they, and they come from her heart. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Um, any other big uh, thematic ideas before we take a quick break? No, I can't wait to get to that Naboo guard. (laughs) Excellent. Let's go. So we are going to take a quick break and we'll be back to finish our discussion of the Clone Wars episode, Assassin. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 and we're back to finish our discussion of the great clone wars episode assassin ken this was an episode that uh, had the the premonition and the fear of action a lot but not a ton of actual action did you have uh, favorite action moments yeah, I was, you know, I was, uh, I was trying to find some stuff, so I ended up having to make uh, a couple specific choices, you know, because overall there's, there's a good little confrontation, but there's, I, I, this is, I don't know, maybe it's, it's a Thursday when we're recording. Um, Aura Singh, snapping a guard's neck. Eh, you know, I'm not <laughs> sad, condone it, but it was pretty fierce. She's a 
Shakespeare's character. She's to be feared. She, she, you and I, we, we talked about it. The, the, uh, or sing stuff, uh, you know, Orlando says in solo, like, Hey, it's good. She's gone to, to, yeah. to back it. So yeah. you did the galaxy a favor. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I love how, how much, uh, uh, they just swing for the fences of Aura's awful. <laughs> yeah. You know how some bounty hunters are fun or maybe have a little bit moral gray area or sing? No, no. She's a mean, cruel murderer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like the little force push, uh, that, that saved Padme, uh, when, mm-hmm. uh, the first shot that or sing took at her and hit her in the shoulder instead of the face, uh, and it is just a, a great little moment of ah- Ahsoka uh, trying to have what impact she could on the event. She couldn't entirely prevent uh, the shot from happening, but she could have her impact on it. And as I've said many times, you know, I love it when it's not all about uh, lightsabers. So that just mm-hmm. force push and, and the the blaster goes a little sideways was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love a lot of stuff with Aura. Uh, um, you know, Jamie King uh, voices her pretty well and brings a kind of chaotic, chaotic, dare I say, fun energy to such a <laughs> even violent, evil character. But I love, uh, I remember you Jedi brat. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. Um, I, I think everything about that final little confrontation uh, where or is firing like mad at Ahsoka. Mm. Uh, but I think my favorite moment of that action is not just the stunning of Aura, but yeah. that moment where Aura realizes she's underestimated Padme and she says, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's great. And look, not for nothing, but you know, that, that you can't help but think of Leia new hope with that stun gun shot there. Uh, you know, it uh, works for me. Mother oh yeah. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a, a good beat because it, I think it does kind of tie in a little bit to aura is, is gotten some tunnel vision of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut the little Jedi brat down. And then the Senator yep. will be no, ah, damn it. Yeah. Uh, drats. <laughs> Uh, that was it for me for action moments. Uh, is there some more Aura Singh uh, murder that uh, that you picked up on <laughs> that I missed? No, no. I, I did like the, the blaster fire. It was pretty intense. But yeah, the, I put, put Padme with the stun gun. Uh, I put three exclamation points there. Three of them because it's just kind of a whole whole fun little beat there. And uh, like I said, Padme, uh, Padme understands uh, aggressive negotiations. Yes, she does. And I love, yeah, the <laughs> Aura goes just flying into the wall. Yep. Good stuff. So let's get on to moments of uh, comedy, whimsy, weirdness. I didn't feel like there were a ton of on-purpose jokes, but I did think there was some stuff that made me laugh in this episode. Uh, wh- where did you go with uh, moments of comedy or whimsy or weirdness? Yeah, all of them. so we've been tracking this. Now we'll say this, Captain Typho, different uh, dialect, different accent. This is uh, just putting out there, but we've been tracking different uh, pronunciations of names. He says, Asuka, Tom. <laughs> Again, he's got an accent, a different dialect that, you know, we're just putting it in the bucket of just there's so many different ways to say these names and it's OK. So I love that. Yes. Moment for me. That um, was great. Yeah. So the, there's a couple of things. Uh, this is uh, this, she's not the only character. I think a lot of Jedi probably do this. Ahsoka doesn't sleep under the covers. She's like a firefighter ready to jump in action. I respect <laughs> that. And I think a lot of them were. I don't think Dooku's got his jammies. I don't think a lot of Jedi are slipping into jammies. I think they feel the force can call them in any time to spring in action. Those are all-purpose robes. Those are jammies, too. Yes, those are jammies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. A um, couple things for me. Uh, I love at the beginning of the the conference, like the second Bale starts speaking, somebody has that dry, annoying cough, which is really distracting <laughs> the second you start speaking. Like in a comedy show uh, you know, or a play, especially if it was a laugh line, that one cough would F the whole line. Yeah. 
yeah. it would it would make the laugh not happen because that interrupting noise came yeah. in. I was like, I know that cough and I hate that cough. That was great. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This episode had two instances of a thing that Yoda does a lot in the Clone Wars where he just says the exact thing back at you and then says, you say. So when Ahsoka's talking to him, he's like, dreams, you say? And then another time, Senator Amidala, you say? <laughs> and there's that part of me like, is that like mentor teacher wisdom where you're just like, ooh, I'm just going to, you know, let you uh, lay out more of what you want to say. I'm trying to draw more out of you. Or, <laughs> or I wonder if you talk to Yoda a lot and like, there's no point in getting advice from Yoda because the first thing he's going to say is just like, whatever noun I'm talking to him about, he's just going to be like, potatoes, you say? <laughs> I, you know, it's so funny you pointed that out. I have a tendency, I think, to do that, especially around the house. And I, it's a little of just like, I want to confirm the question you asked. And sometimes, though, I do it, you know, much to the annoyance of my partner here, Grace, that I, I do it to like, like, is that the question you wanted to ask? Is that what you wanted? Is that the question you, do we need to talk about? It? So I, maybe, I, I'm not saying it's a great trait. <laughs> so maybe Yoda and I need to sit down and have a talk. Yeah, I just I wanted him to do it a, a third time in this episode to get the magic three. So funny. That's great. Uh, final thing for me is, you know, I, I've gone on my relationship with uh, with Zero the Hut, uh, yeah. Joy Zero now. And uh, there's some there is some big, bold, I think, intended to be laugh lines with Zero's mm-hmm. reaction. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I did like that. Do you see the conditions I'm living in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's right there. It's a box. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Um. Yeah, I'll work my way to zero here. A uh, couple little moments for me. Uh, so I mentioned, so w- when Ahsoka makes her mistake and she jump, she barges into Padme's bedroom and, and, and you know, I love it. She, you know, she's so, she's just all faith in her. She's got the lightsaber out. She's trying to do so good. I feel for Ahsoka in that moment. But I love when the Naboo, Naboo security officer just looks at Typho and he just shrugs as if to say, what the hell, man? <laughs> you brought this little Padawan. What are we doing here, man? What's going on? I don't know what's going on with it. That is great. I, I had written it down in the uh, the canon section that, you know, is, is this something that Padme has now gotten used to that yeah. anytime a Jedi is around, there is a chance that they will fear for my safety and burst into my my bedroom. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, probably seems that way. Uh, come, uh, the, the medical droid, uh, the, just the blunt bedside manner is hilarious to me of just the senator will be fine. It was only a flesh wound, which also a reference to tis a flesh wound if you're a Monty Python fan. Um, but yeah, I just love, I just like it, it, those two one bead medical, they don't, they don't have time for this. They don't have time for this. So center will be fine. Yeah. There's not a lot of bedside manner programming in that, yeah. in that particular droid. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so when they're t- jumping towards the end here, so, um, when they're, when, when, uh, Ahsoka is getting the zero vision of wait, wait, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this, which was also a little weird. Cause they're all watching her. They're all just staring at her. And she's like, <laughs> wait, wait, it's like, it's like, a, a reading a fortune here or something. I love, uh, where, there's a line about, you know, it could be someone someone out to get a little revenge on Padme, whatever the actual line is. And Anakin says, well, that could be a lot of people. And Padme just goes, yes. <laughs> just, just a lot of just like, yeah, I know. It's been a tough 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I meant to write that one down and I forgot. So I'm so glad that you brought it up because it almost feels like that is a reference to a fight that they have a lot about uh, how much danger that she's in. She's like, yes, we've been over this, Anakin. Yes. Yeah. There are many, many people who want to kill me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so my, yeah, we, yeah, you know, I have zero, I have zero thoughts and issues over, you know, my time watching Clone Wars. I, I got to say this, the stuff here is kind of silly. It's funny. It's a little ridiculous and it's all a okay with me at this point. 
And that's not always been the case. And maybe that's not always going to be the case when I tune in and, and catch some zero stuff. Um, but uh, it all works for me here. But one of them, one of the reasons might be you mentioned that great line of the condition of aluminum. But I love when when it's like this is uh, this is my Padawan, and Zero just goes Padawan, <laughs> like he's laughing at the at the Jedi Order or the I don't know. It was just hilarious to me. Yeah, no, that's that's great, and and it definitely is. It's it's a it's a, f- a fun episode, but it's a pretty serious episode. And then we get some definite uh, swinging for the fences uh, comedy there when uh, mm-hmm. when Ahsoka, uh, you know, pretty easily gets this <laughs> experienced gangster to tell on himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of great uh, great mm-hmm. moments of comedy. Everything from a dry cough uh, to a a frequent, um, I think, a marital conversation between Anakin and Padme. So we'll move on to some uh, favorite Star Wars canon and lore connections from other stories. Ken, let's just go right to Alderaan. Let's talk about all the beauty there. What did you uh, get out of this quality time on Alderaan? I I just, I I literally wrote this, Alderaan, I plum forgot we got to see its beauty in the Clone Wars. I, I, again, there's so many episodes and, you know, this, that, we get, it's just it's it's sometimes you just it's hard to remember every little beat and uh which quite frankly is one reason why i don't think we uh, at least we i i don't do a lot of star wars ranked about the clone wars stuff because i'm like i don't i seven seasons i gotta go through to remember everything and i'm just gonna forget some of the details i think now i have a better chance because of these episodes it's just so great you got leia's theme playing right when they mm. land and the alderaan uh, alderanian guards having the same style of helmets we eventually see in episode four all those kind of just little things and just being there that padme balcony moment is great for so many reasons but just her there overlooking overlooking the mountains and and talking about the beauty here and knowing that that's where her daughter's going to grow up it's it's sweet and bittersweet it's it's um sad but hopeful at the same time i loved everything there yeah no i totally agree with you i think this this that's one of the things when i watched this episode i was like damn this is just a great ahsoka episode but oh wow this is just totally speaking to how visions work in star wars and and mm-hmm. how jedi respond to them and then alderon and it's not just you know, it's so much, it's based on what we see in Revenge of the Sith, but it's yeah. so much more than what we saw in uh, Revenge of the Sith. It's one of the things that really elevated this episode for me. I had totally forgot about Leia's theme, though, and right. it is powerful because it is a connection to Alderaan, but that that music is is so beautiful and, and hopeful and uh, inspiring with a, a touch of sadness, and it is not just appropriate for Alderaan and driving home that connection, that reminder of uh, this is where Leia is raised, uh, but it also it kind of it matches with these great moments that Padme and Ahsoka have had on the ship together. You know, yeah. uh, building that trust and in, in, in it it feels like it extends. It's not just an emotional cue to remind you this is where Leia is from. It, it it emotionally matches the episode. Yeah, and I got to tell you something. Um, Padme is just somber enough in this moment, but also reflective and enjoying just the a little beat of quietness and this beauty that she gets. This is a headcanon thing for me. And I'm not submitting this as uh, what I think is actually the case, but in my headcanon, I, I just kind of have a feeling of Leia sensing that energy later. I was going to say the exact same thing. Oh, but, so there you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's, it, I think it's kind of invited by some of the good Star Wars canon we have. Um, the mm-hmm. comic where uh, Leia is uh, on Naboo during Operation mm-hmm. Cinder and the doors mm-hmm. to where Maul showed up opens and she, she senses cold, right? Yeah. Um, and, and you go back to that the line in Return of the Jedi where she does have memories of her mother and, and we know that doesn't work out um, <laughs> yeah. uh, linearly and it really invites you to think this is a vision. So 
Mm. You know, does she have those foggy memories because she walked into that room on that balcony when she was, you know, three years old and just sensed this yeah. kind, sad woman? And it, it, to, uh, this is, again, super headcanon. It's almost mm-hmm. Katie Lucas was saying, Dad, don't worry, I got you. <laughs> it really is. It, 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 it's, it is absolutely headcanon. There's nothing specific in this episode that says, yep, yeah. yeah, of course, that's what happened. But it, it, it really, all the different pieces, mm-hmm. I think, really invite that interpretation. Yeah, I would agree. Um, the last thing for me is, you know, I, I loved, uh, I love all the artwork that they put in the Clone Wars to really build up places that all the great, yeah. uh, cubist uh, art on Mandalore as well as just actual cubes everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but I love that great big mural of, you don't know exactly what it is, but it looks like, you know, some, uh, brave, strong leader, uh, holding mm-hmm. some sort of ceremonial bowl. I love yeah. that in the, in the conference room. And then the last thing, and this is one of the things that did make the episode pop and make it stick in my memory, is the fact that a lot of the the people on Alderaan are either dressed like Leia or have kind of seventies hairstyles. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah, the Leia buns on all all are all over there. <laughs> yeah, and a, and a couple of the the guys got some facial hair and are rocking like the slightly longer hair. And it, I love that it's just like it's not that. Uh, Star Wars New Hope was made in the 70s. It's that the fashion of Alderaan and other core planets at the time or yeah. uh, interim planets are, are it w- that, that was just the style of the time it in was, space. Yeah, it was the style at the time. We all want to <laughs> wear an onion on our belt. Yeah. Uh, no. G- yeah. Great pull. Uh, loved it. Very clear. Right. Just very clear. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So an elegant episode that also has some some canon cleanup if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts for you on Alderaan? Um, uh, that one. Well, there was a great moment in the in the speech, uh, the overhead shot of of the Padme decoy with Bale and the and the so, uh, the guards walking into the conference room. Obviously, I, I would say it is a is a direct uh, 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 shot um, uh, of uh, Anakin walking into the temple in Revenge of the Sith. Oh yeah, yeah, no, and then later uh, Ryan Johnson pulling Ryan it for yeah. the Last Jedi, right? Yeah, but that is definitely like a here is a heroic version of that where somebody is marching with the same purpose, uh, but to do something uh, decent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So that there. Yeah, um, yeah. I think a couple other little things for me, and then I want to talk about Padme's actual speech. Um, mm-hmm. It's great to see Dejeric again. It's great to know that Padme is great at it. <laughs> yes, uh, more Mon Mothma uh, being around, but uh, not speaking. Uh, those are the other little things that I noticed that were not uh, Padme's big speech. So much stuff in Padme's speech. Yeah, yeah. I, I put, uh, obviously, the direct, we talked about the visions being Anakin-like from Revenge of the Sith, but just premonitions, visions, and dreams, and how that now is just connects to not just Anakin, Luke, and Empire, but we can put a Qui-Gon and Xiphodeus and, and Master and Apprentice and just uh, do good Jedi Lost. And it, just anytime that kind of comes up and how Jedi deal with that is kind of a, a, a thing that we can uh, connect now. And I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's a, such a huge gift of this episode. Um, mm-hmm. Let's dive into some of the things that Padme talks about in her speeches. Uh, first off, she has this great just uh, um, uh, rhetorical kind of argument or, or oratory where she is saying, look, I have personally, since I was very young, experienced the cost of conflict. Mm. Here is all that was lost in this small one planet conflict here's how pain radiated out from that conflict uh that i had to respond to by necessity and now we're in this clone wars where 
these costs are multiplied by, you know, planet after planet, system after system. So just great, like uh, good speech making Padme, um, especially for something that's kind of written just to be, quote unquote, in the background. But then it it just it it, it adds weight to the whole prequel era to hear those uh, statistics, right? That she says hundreds of Naboo were forced from their homes. Naboo security forces in the Gungan army both incurred heavy casualties and the life of Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn was lost. What does it do to you as a Star Wars fan to to hear that? I, I mean, I think there's some people who would potentially be a little bit cynical about it of like, oh, do, do you like it? Because they mentioned some stuff from the movie. Um, but for me, it's something deeper. And I was curious to see what your reaction was. No, it, it works on both levels. Yeah, it's just, sometimes just to go, yeah, yeah, I, I saw that movie. Yeah, sure, that, that works for me too. But just how uh, we talk about emotional canon, but you talk about the the, 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 the cost of it and, and how this is Star Wars and, and, and there's a pew pew uh, whiz bang fun, fun that we love, but that there's cost for actions, cost for choices. And this is why it's important and to have it spread on out. And now her kind of saying, I experienced this um, uh, for, again, we, you know, a 14 year old queen who has to save her people. And yes, it's the burden of power and responsibility, but in this very episode, she admits how scared she was despite having advisors and everyone around her, but she had to do the choices and, and, and how all of it is just, just um, now spreading out through the galaxy. It's, it's, it's powerful, emotional canon for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that, uh, since the Clone Wars has, you know, a little bit more room to breathe, I really like these moments where they're like, yeah, if you want to, if you want to watch Phantom Menace and, and enjoy it for it's the, the action and the fun. Uh, but remember that that's, you know, in our story, a real thing that happened to real people and it had real stakes. And, you know, mm-hmm. before we even get it in books, which it comes up in books, it's, it's here in the Clone Wars where it matters to the people of Naboo that Qui-Gon died. You know, right, right. It, it it and it matters that the Naboo and the Gungan decided to work together, and they paid a price. People died. You know, I think mm-hmm. it just gives it some weight and some gravitas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weight, gravitas, great word. It just it just validates this this story to me. All of it, all the stories connected as one. And we always talk about how I'd love just putting putting Star Wars any kind of big genre thing I watch is putting down on a map of events and how it all connects. And it's all become so real to me, both in, in great ways and sad ways like this as well. So, and I like, I like how you phrase it. It just, yeah, the loss of Qui-Gon, it affected, it was sad. And, and, and the people of Naboo hold him in high esteem. Yeah. This is one of my favorite things that have kind of emerged is a, uh, is official canon, not only here, but in books that they, yeah. they honor Qui-Gon. Um, and then uh, the episode, again, it's, it's kind of running in the background and um, we've got some episodes coming up that are super political, but it is just worth always uh, mentioning what Padme's actual political priorities are is that she is trying to raise money for refugees that people that have been displaced by Sidious's war. Uh, we've been talking a lot about this, that that, that is the power of Sidious uh influencing the dark side isn't just um the people dying in the act of war it's all of the people who are suffering in all of these different ways mm-hmm. and then you get to see padme and bale and mothma as the opposite of saying our absolute priority is to stop suffering and all of the policies that she's uh promoting are about an attempt to have policies of empathy that actively stop suffering she's trying this whole thing is i can i will not stop i'm going to that conference because i want to get political support 
for relief money for refugees. And then in her speech, she also says she wants uh, legislation to uh, defend the displaced from slavery. So there's another great follow up. Yeah. Two experiences in the Phantom Menace of like, if we, the galactic government, don't help people who have been chased off their planet by war, uh, there are the huts and a bunch of other uh, horrible syndicates who would be happy mm-hmm. uh, to grab them up. So we can't let that happen. And then I love this one where she says she wants to uh, protect our soldiers from feeling as if there is no future beyond their warfare. Uh, this is a great, you know, mm-hmm. if the Clone Wars, if one of its main missions is to remind us that the clones are, you know, people mm-hmm. that what a great follow up from Padme of saying, I see you as people. And this war should end as soon as possible. And then clones, who do you want to do? Who do you want to be? What do you want to do? You know, you, you don't have to just be soldiers. You're people and you're part of the the Republic. Yeah, look, I think it's all a great building out of, of, of Padme's experiences. And again, to picking up a little line or a little moment in Phantom Menace of, of, of Padme being, I thought they outlawed slavery and, you know, and how E.K. Johnston picked up that thread and how, you know, it, it, she didn't just leave that behind. And so uh, Katie Lucas does a great job of pulling that all in. It's a great little speech and it's in the background. I mean, you hear it. It's it's in the forefront of the story. But, you know, um, I wish you could almost, almost wish you could uh, pull it out and just kind of clip it out and listen to the speech in full. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the things that I'm really enjoying about going through the Clone Wars is there's so much of this that's in the background, like uh, the lightsaber lost where the uh, where Palpatine is giving a a speech, setting that Jedi up for failure and suspicion. Um, And it's it's a lot. It's in the the narrator's setup, the newsreel setup of why things are happening are often a political mission or political agenda. And then we've got some of these uh, these things that are you know, just clear policy statements from, from Padme, the sort of the anti-Palpatine, <laughs> you know, the Palpatine uh, or Padme is kind of the symbol of what, what should have been done if Palpatine had not been wanting to spread the dark side everywhere. No, I look, I've always, you know, I've always liked the idea of Padme being, um, being the true little, uh, little rival, but just uh, the, the, the flying ointment for Palpatine time and time again and even though he feels you can control her she, he really struggles too um maybe up until the to the end unfortunately but yeah so i, I love i love what you said there yeah um and then the the final thing i that she says is uh, in terms of just sort of policy directives is uh, we must open channels through diplomacy so that we can end this war uh, we're beginning coming up on some episodes that are all about that about uh, padme trying to have some diplomacy uh, with the separatists. Uh, but again, that to me goes to like, what is this big story? Like, well, the separatists, uh, some separatists might've had legitimate uh, grievances with the Republic that was not uh, working well. And then those legitimate grievances are manipulated by Sidious. And it is a problem for him mm-hmm. <laughs> that Padme always wants to open up communication and maybe yeah. reveal that they're being manipulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, final thing for me in that speech is I really liked her line. Uh, if you strike my voice down, know that a chorus of thousands shall rise up in its place. Not only is it uh, reminiscent of Obi-Wan's uh, famous line to Vader in A New Hope, but it's also kind of an accurate prediction of the rebellion and, and sort mm-hmm. of centers Padme as, you know, one of the key spirits of the rebellion. 100%. Big moment, big little line, beautiful line, beautifully written speech. Um, both in story by Padme uh, and 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 uh, out, out of uh, story by uh, Katie Lucas and the Clone Wars team, but no, I, I love that moment. That was um, you know, it's bittersweet, obviously, because of what happens to Padme, but very true. 
Yeah, no, it is. It is a painfully uh, prophetic line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any other moments of uh, canon or connection to larger Star Wars? I just put this. I put this line. It says Padme has all caps. Never let a little assassination attempt stop her from giving a speech. And <laughs> I think not only is again, I think she's just a badass boss. I think that that spirit carries on through Leia of putting the greater good ahead of your own pain and physical well-being and emotional state. Uh, it is one of those little threads that I think uh, I think it connects the two, and and, it, and, I, and I just love it. Padme's like, yeah, blaster, I got it. I'll I'll be in my room giving a speech. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, just our precautions in place. Great, uh, my blaster, great, got it, ready to go, ready to go. Uh, was there anything in this episode that you disliked or questioned, Ken? Not 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 so much. Um, uh, the, the, I think the, the, uh, the zero stuff it, it connects really well to the story. So it all works. And again, with the, the lessons of, uh, Hey, playing out the, the, the visions to get a little more information, all this stuff works. And, and zero there. It's just, uh, sometimes, you know, again, uh, depending on my mood, I might watch some of the zero stuff and go, ah, I don't need him there. I liked him here in this episode that can sometimes that, that change. Um, the only thing is this is, a and, and starwars.com even noted it too, but th uh, this, uh, is one of the episodes where the timeline is starting to get jumbled if you're not doing the chronological. Oh, plot. yes. It's a little bit of like, huh? Um, so not only am I happy that we're doing the chronological, which is for me the first time ever doing it, uh, it's one of those episodes of just like, where where does this sit? <laughs> oh, I was, this was, yes, I was getting real confused in season three during my first watch, and I didn't know about the chronological order. And like, when are the... Uh, clones on Camino that I just met. What? Who are they? What did did Zero get back into prison? Did I miss an episode? Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, so chronological wins once again. Yes, very much agreed. Uh, yeah, beyond my normal uh, Zero wrestling, uh, I have come to a much greater peace with uh, with Zero. Understanding the intention with Zero helps helps me a ton yeah. of understanding uh, that voice uh, choice uh, and and I, these these moments were legitimately funny to me. So mm -hmm. uh, I did not have any other things I disliked or questioned. This is one of my very favorite episodes. Yeah. Is there anything that we have not talked about that you wanted to touch on, Ken? Um, I. I love, oh, yeah, there's a little beat. I, I guess I could have worked this in some else. Just talking about mentorship and teaching and everything. I love I love when Anakin tells Ahsoka to just to stay and study. Basically, stay home. Go go study your books. And Ahsoka points out, well, you always say it's the best to learn out in the field. Uh, and, and just he just kind of has a, yeah, all right, stay out of trouble. It, it's just, uh, it's a fun little uh, moment. They're, they're so great together, uh, despite, uh, you know, the growing faults or problems with Anakin. But I just love that he... Kind of has a, his view of teaching sometimes is, uh, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Yes. And I forgot that there's that moment right in there uh, where I think she's like, are, you know, are you going to be OK without me? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like a fun, cocky moment. But then uh, I hadn't even thought about it. it really ties back to the fact that Ahsoka and Padme succeeded everything together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Anakin. Oh, the chosen one. Uh, for me, just a couple things to throw out. You know, uh, the design of the prison facility is very cool. I, I like the look of that. I like how it is kind of like this uh, horrific version yeah. of the Senate chamber. Like, you you all have your own platforms, except for these are jail cells. <laughs> yeah, right. And the thing floats around to visit them. Yeah. Uh, and then I always like seeing Kenobi on the council. Yeah, I, I, mm -hmm. I like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I like Qui-Gon predicting that Obi-Wan Kenobi will be a great Jedi. And here he is, very young. He's on the council. Totally. Yeah, a little bit of a justice for my obsession with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. 
Ken, if you could have a figure of any character from this episode or any other kind of merch as well, uh, what or who do you want? So I, I, this is just an actual question. I would have to check. Do we have a Clone Wars era Mothma figure out there? Three and three quarters I, draw. Off the top of my head, I do not know. I don't think there's a Clone Wars uh, episode, uh, Clone Wars era Mon Mothma, but I could be wrong. So I definitely want that. Uh, you know, I thought about because yeah, she pops up and and um, that'd be that'd be good. The uh, it's like the kind of the headgear kind of thing. The the pearls on her head. I think I don't. If you look at Revenge of the Sith, it's it's an interesting design. Younger Mothma, uh, we could use that figure. But the 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 official submission for me is uh, despite any reservations I have sometimes have with the character, I want a plush zero in prison cell. <laughs> uh, does it make any noises when you squeeze the plush zero? Yeah, absolutely. It goes pad a one. Uh, I I love now the image of a of a Chihuahua getting a hold of that and just shaking it and oh, he, would. he would Baxter he his one of his favorite things is this uh, plush Darth Vader we got at uh, uh, Comic Con two years ago they were selling him and uh, he is he murders Vader daily. <laughs> that is just a thing of beauty um i think for me i would want a padme two pack uh i want padme's awesome outfit which is in this episode and is uh, was in the the mandalore uh satine team-up episode mm-hmm. uh where she's got the cool things in her hair uh but then it's a little bit more of a, a plainer dress by padme standards but it's got that really cool kind of bat-shaped clip yeah. uh on the front of it it's just a great uh aesthetic design it's a Padme having a little uh, uh, vampire Batman mashup. <laughs> I really love it. I love that bat clip design. But I want a two-pack of Padme in that outfit with the blaster she uses to stun Aura. And then, of course, uh, the droid in Padme disguise. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's Oh, that'd be great. Because that's a great robe. That's just a great Padme robe. Yeah, and I love that nobody really questions it of just like uh you know padme and and uh, many people of naboo are are known for their different uh choices of elaborate dress and it's just a hood and cloak day yeah yeah he's like cool great yeah oh yeah i had the thought that it probably was some people there like that that's not uh yeah i get it because <laughs> that's how nice the alderan alderanian people are <laughs> i think the alderanian people are really really polite i don't yeah. think they would say anything about it yeah yeah. Uh, all right. Our next episode is uh, season three, episode two, Arc Troopers. Uh, another episode that really benefits by watching in chronological order. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Ken, what should the moral of this episode of our podcast be? There are many ways to record a podcast. Choose the one that's best for you. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think uh, you made a wise choice because everything's working. Everything's working so far. Everything's working. There, there couldn't be uh, any problems. <laughs> Everything's working. Yeah, yeah. Zencaster sometimes tests our uh, destiny, but yes, it's yes. On well. But we just we we take a knee like Qui Gon, and we have some patience, and <laughs> and it all works out in the end. Uh, on like what happens with Qui Gon. Anyway, uh, Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? I love to do so. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Force Center Pod. Uh, Pod. We are on Instagram, YouTube as well. You can like our Facebook page at Force Center Podcast. We have an Audible trial offer for you. Go to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Get a free audio book on us. Use that code SC35 over at Inside Editions and uh, check out and get a discount on your books there. Uh, also, you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center to uh, get some merch from us here if you want to speculate responsibly and get the t-shirt to show everyone that's what you do. You can go there. Also, uh, don't forget the podcast available a lot of different spots, including Amazon Music and Spotify. You might want to try it over there. 
Um, easy way to listen to podcasts there. And then finally, you can support us directly, which we really appreciate. You can get into our Discord community over at patreon.com slash force center. You can follow me at catnapsock or catnapsock.com for more information. Joseph. Yeah, you can follow me Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for links to all of my other comedy adventures, albums, uh, future shows, and my other podcast, Obsessed. This week, my wife and I had a fun discussion on Obsessed about the movie Godzilla vs. Kong, so if you're into that kaiju fun and want to check it out, this episode might be you, might be for you, uh, but for now, for myself, for Ken... For Ahsoka Tano and her burgeoning Jedi power, this has been the Clone Wars Report. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.